Amen. I hope that you're opening up your windows today because it was a beautiful day, wasn't it? I'm seeing some faces that I haven't seen in a long time. It's so good to see you guys. So many of us went through a COVID battle over the holidays and then after the holidays. And so there are many faces that I haven't seen and some people that had surgery. And I just want to say hello. It's so good to see you. And online, thank you for joining us. We are so blessed to worship together, aren't we? Isn't it cool that we can do this together? That we can experience the Lord together? I just think it's totally cool. Thank you, 2021, for this type of technology where we can bring worship into your phone wherever you are in the world. We have people that watch all over the world, and I just want to say hello. This past week was my birthday. My birthday was actually Thursday. I'm 47, and I'm proud of it. I think that sounds fun. I'm looking forward to 50, actually. Believe it or not, I'm one of those people. I think that just sounds even more fun, being 50. <laughs> And on my birthday, the scripture of the day in the Bible app was, He is the King of Glory, Psalms 24:10, And that's kind of what that song was talking about. Let the light in. The King of Glory is here. He is here. And he is coming back to take us home. Amen? But he is, we serve a risen Savior. Don't forget it. He's alive. And he's here. So let his light in. Let his light in. You guys, we've had such a good time with this sermon series, haven't we? I hope that you're growing. I know I am. Maybe it was for me, okay? Maybe this sermon series was for me. But I hope that you're growing as a result of what we have been studying and how we've been going deeper in John 15, 5. One of those very familiar passages to most people. But we have gone deeper. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And every week I just want to say it. What a privilege. What a privilege to be a vine. Uh, to, to be a branch on the one true vine. What a privilege to be a branch. Don't ever think you're not somebody or something. You're a branch on the one true vine. I just think what a privilege. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I am you, you will bear much fruit. But see, we don't want to jump to the fruit, right? We don't want to jump and see what we get for remaining. We just wanted to remain. And that week we just talked about the joy in the journey with Jesus. The joy to just be with him. To be one of his. And so often we say, if then. If you remain in me and I am you, then you'll bear much fruit. And we always look for that then. But man, wasn't it fun just to sit and remain in him that week? And to learn how to do that. We remain in him by committing our lives to him. Choosing him as our personal Lord and Savior. And saying, I choose you. He already chose us. The cross says so. And we choose him back and we say, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and lead my life. And that is the first way that we can remain in him, is to choose him. And then to listen. How do we listen? We dig into the word of God. You can't hear what you're not listening for. And so we dig into the word of God. We spend time in prayer and not just talking to him, but listening 
to what he's saying back to us. And then if you can, find a way to study the life of Christ. You can find that in your Bible, but if you can find a study Bible that will take you deeper, if you can find resources that will take you further into the ins and outs of his life. So important. You can hear what he said, what he did, and why. And he even himself, in John 13, he says, I don't even say my own words. I just say what the Father tells me. And so when we study the life of Christ, we learn, I don't really have much to say. You know what I'm saying? And I need to just probably depend on his word. I don't even need to have my own thoughts. Think through me, Jesus, right? And the other way that we remain in him is we don't forget that he has a grip that won't slip. And so we don't forget whose we are, and we don't forget what he's done for us. We remember and so we remain in him and we commit to him and listen and learn and we remember whose we are and what he's done for us. And what a joy. And then he says, you bear much fruit. So listen to me. We get to remain in him and we get to bear fruit. I just think that's really cool. And we just kind of move to fruit way too soon. And we don't recognize the gift that it is to remain in Christ. And then we get fruit. And it's fruit that's for us in our salvation. We get the hope of heaven when we choose him. That's good fruit. And then it's fruit in us as we learn and we grow and we become like him. Like John says, I must decrease and you must increase. And then the fruit that is through us is all the things that he wants to do through us as we go, as we interact with people, as we disciple others, as we serve in our homes, in our churches, and in our workplaces, as we talk about who Jesus is. And at some point on that journey of fruit, we go from saying, I have decided to follow Jesus to I want the world to know Jesus. And then there's much fruit. And then tonight, apart from me, you can do nothing. I want you to hear that this is not a discouraging thought. This is an empowering thought. How? Because it's reminding us who we need to get it done. And in him, we get it done. So he's just reminding us, yeah, you're going to get it done, but you're going to need me to do it. And I love that. So apart from me, you can do nothing. What is the do in this passage? This is kingdom work, or if you will, God work, okay? The role of a branch is to bear fruit. That's one of our roles, to, to remain in him and to bear fruit. It's instructed right there, to remain in him and to bear fruit. And if we will remain in him, we will bear fruit, right? So the role of a branch is to bear fruit. The kingdom work or the God work, if you will. Remember we talked about the kingdom life, the divine life. So the kingdom work, the God work, is the through you fruit that I just mentioned. Where you're going and you're interacting and the life of Christ is coming through you to others. Or where you're choosing to disciple or pour into a child or a friend or a coworker. That's the through you fruit of Christ. So the kingdom work is the through you fruit. Through you fruit 
is not possible without the constant and filling of the vine. If a branch decides, you know what, I think I could be a tree all by myself. It doesn't take long before the branch gets brittle and hard and doesn't live. So the through you fruit, that is the kingdom work, that is the God work that you are called to, and you get to be a part of, I just want to remind you, so much times we think, oh, I gotta, I gotta live this Christian life. Can we have coffee? Do you understand the privilege? You get to be part of the kingdom of God. The king of kings and the Lord of lords wants you on his team. You were not picked last for kickball, okay? Let all those moments on the ball field be redeemed right now because he chose you first. We get to be part of the kingdom work. But we can't do it without the constant infilling of the vine. There is no empowerment for a kingdom life that bears kingdom fruit apart from the king of kings. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This thought comes right after he says, you will bear much fruit. You see, there is no kingdom fruit apart from the king of kings. It's not discouraging. He wants to empower you. And he knows that there is not just extra power that comes from him. He is all the power that we need to do kingdom work. Do you see that? Jesus knows that he's not just the extra boost that you need in the kingdom work. He's the whole boost you need to do the kingdom work. And so he's like, apart from me, you can do nothing. So just stay here and you're, we're going to get it done. Flame wide. Let the light in, friends. Jesus himself did not make kingdom decisions on his own. Look at Luke 6 with me. We have it up for here, here in a second. One of those days, now I want you to know what those days are. This is a chapter that starts, if you have subtitles in your Bible, at the top of Luke 6, you'll see it's talking about Sabbath days. The way Jesus had spent some of his Sabbath days. And it gives some accounts of what he did. One Sabbath, he did this. One Sabbath day, he did that. So here we are. One of those days. A Sabbath day. Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Now in some situations, we'll say the whole night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. Now we know that Jesus chose his disciples. Did you know he prayed all night long before he did it? I mean, when you think that was a really tough night, I prayed all night for my child. I want you to know you're in good company. That was a really tough night. Now, you might need a little extra sleep the next night. And we know that Jesus took naps in the middle of storms, okay? So let's not forget that. But he didn't even choose the people that were going to journey with him in his ministry without an entire night of prayer with the Father. Apart from him, he knew. Jesus knew. Apart from him, I can do nothing. 
Jesus knew where his power came from. I hope you do. Abiding in Christ is not just the extra power, it's all the power. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And that is not discouraging, that is empowering, because he's giving us a chance to get it done. That excites me. But before our doing, apart from you can do nothing, which is the God work that he has for you in your life, and while the God work through your life, Shannon, might look different than the God work through my life, at the end of the day, it's still the same fruit because it's kingdom fruit. God's calling both of us to bring glory to him and bring people to his son and for them to be saved and to end an eternity with him. So while it might look different how we get there, the goal is the same and the fruit is the same. It's kingdom fruit. The way Adam leads her home and leads them to the Lord and the way that she works and lives out the gospel in her home is different than the way America is living out the gospel in her business. But at the end of the day, under both of them, they're all about Jesus. You see, it looks different, but it's the same goal. It's kingdom fruit, and we're all doing it different. And so apart from me, you can do nothing. But here's what I want to say. Before the doing, there is a being. And I just want to say this. Apart from him, there is nothing. Listen. If we break it down real clear, if we say, okay, apart from, from Jesus, and Jesus is the son incarnate of God, and he him own, his own self would not do anything except what the Father told him, and then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If we take him out of the equation, we take God out of the equation, and we take all that God and Jesus in heaven created out of the equation. Because if you say, now they don't exist, then everything they ever did doesn't exist. And I want to tell you something. Apart from them, there's nothing. There's nothing. Apart from him, there is nothing. I hope you can receive that tonight, because here's the deal. If we don't keep him in the equation, we can't even breathe. I simply wouldn't exist because he formed me out of dust and so when we take ourselves apart from him really I'm nothing I can't even breathe you see apart from him, I be nothing. He made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. He created us and breathed life into us. If he is taken out of the equation, it all goes. Apart from him, there be nothing. I read a story today that said um, a man was coming out of the hospital. He was in his 90s, and after one day on the ventilator, he was given a check for $5,000 or whatever it was. And he looked up at the doctor, and a tear strolled down his face, and the doctor said, all right, hold on. We can talk about payment plans or whatever. Like, don't, you know, we can figure this out. And the man said, no, I have the money. I was one day on the 
ventilator, and it cost me $5,000. I've spent 92 years on this planet breathing the very thing that God created called the breath in my lungs, and it's been free, and I haven't thanked him. Apart from him, I'd be nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. A final personal stance before we have a special testimony here in just a second. I don't want anything apart from him. I've gotten to a place in my walk with the Lord that I literally can't imagine. Do we need this? Do we need anything? Today we took a walk. And I mean, there came a point because I'm still getting my strength back from COVID, which is so weird because we were walking like four miles before COVID and now I can walk one mile and I'm like, we need to sit down. And so, and it's been like two months, but we were walking and after about a mile and a half, I was struggling and I held his arm and I was, you know, but I really, I was just trying to keep my mind on the Lord. I was like, all right, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking. All right, you're ordering my steps. We got to make it home. I'm not going to sit down and he's not going to go get the car and come get me. I mean, if we had to, he would. But I was, I was like, all right, Lord, every step, all the way home. Every, I don't even want to walk without him. I don't know that I can walk without him right now, to be honest with you. Some of you can affirm that feeling. But I've gotten to a point in my, in my journey that I recognize how weak and how frail my flesh can be. Where would I be but not for the grace of God, you guys? Have you come to the place where you can actually consider where you'd be without the grace of God? I don't want to do anything apart from him. In our humanity, we are tempted to look to this world for significance and satisfaction. And in so doing, we begin to pull apart from the vine. When we look to the world to matter, when we look to the world for satisfaction, we begin to pull apart from the vine. To become something more than just a branch. And that's why I have to remind you, it's such a privilege to be a branch. All the positions and titles and accomplishments and trophies and money and status and the highs and the feel goods this world can offer will eventually fade. And in a moment of reflecting disappointment, what's left? I've been there. The party ended. And what was left was a borderline addiction. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for what this world wants to offer you. It won't last. Remain in him. I heard a preacher put it this way one time. We have a God-shaped hole in our heart. And we can try to fill it with this whole world. 
but it will eventually just drip on out. The party ends. That season of sexual fulfillment ends. Money, never enough. Fame, 15 minutes. Position, there's always somebody else coming up behind you. Comfort, never enough. Pride, you'll never be wrong. While getting it completely wrong. Because it won't last. Because it doesn't fit the whole. You see, apart from him, we can do nothing. I don't want to do anything apart from him. Because I can be nothing without him. Because everything else I've tried to bring to me, to bring significance and satisfaction, won't last. It doesn't fit the hole in my heart that has his name written all over it. But Jesus has a grip that won't slip. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And that doesn't make me small. That makes me linked up to all the power that I need. Isn't that good news, church? Isn't that good news? I love this quote. Even though it's painful in the moment, I've come to appreciate Jesus sabotaging my efforts at self-reliance. Even though it's painful in the moment, I've come to appreciate Jesus sabotaging my efforts at self-reliance. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me that apart from you, I can do nothing. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me today as I studied and prepared that apart from you, I'd be nothing. And thank you, Lord, for reminding me all over again, I really don't want anything apart from you. Thank you, Lord. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world can afford today. We must come to a point as branches of the one true vine where we'd rather have Jesus than anything. We have a special testimony coming up in just a second. But on your chair, or not far from you, is this piece of paper that on one side says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the other side says, I'd rather have Jesus. This is very important that you find this. I want you to take this home. If you do not participate in the time tonight, please take this home and do this in your quiet time later this week. But at the end of this personal testimony that we're going to have here in just a second, there's going to be a song. And it's my dad, and my dad and my mom are going to be singing a song. At that song, during that song, if you would take this paper, and if you would take a second to reflect, what is the thing that you try to fill that God-shaped hole in your life with? What is that thing that you bit on, the temptation to believe that that's really the goal? That's really the, the, the moment that I've been waiting for, that I need What's that thing that we have forgotten that really, I'd rather have Jesus? What's that thing in your life? What's that temptation in your life? What's that thing that keeps trying to pull you back, looking for significance and satisfaction in the world? But really, Jesus is like, stay connected to the vine. We're going to get this done, girl. What's that thing? I'd rather have Jesus than... So this is you and God time. When my dad is singing that song, this will be you and God time. Let him reveal to you the very things in your life that seem to pull you away, believing that being a branch just isn't enough. That it's just not fulfilling enough because it's a lie. And I want you to be reminded 
on Tuesday and on Friday and in February and in July that truly, at the end of the day, apart from him, I can be nothing. Apart from him, I can do nothing. And I'd rather have Jesus than anything. So if you guys love, he's going to share a personal testimony. And we are so excited. Um, I hope that you have a tissue. You might need it. I'm just saying. Um, if you don't have a tissue, you have, probably have a sleeve. Um, this is a special testimony he's going to share. And I'm just really proud of the thoughts that are in his heart. And that he told me he wanted to share tonight. And then he and my mom are going to sing. And I just want to say, um, a little bit, about a month ago, they couldn't even barely talk. There was no breath in their lungs to sustain an entire sentence because of COVID and congestive heart failure and surgery and surgery and surgery. <laughs> but I want to celebrate something really quick. I don't know if he was going to say this, but my dad was released from home health care this past week. Hallelujah, right? Yep. And tonight, a month later, they go from, I can't breathe, to ready to tell how God has worked in their life and to sing a song. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house tonight. I tell you, great preaching tonight. This uh, series of messages have really been rich, and I've enjoyed them so very, very much. Matthew tells us that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, we like to try to think we can handle life on our own. Uh, at the beginning of this past year, Marcia challenged all of the staff to think of one word that you would like to work on and have to be really something in your life that will be great for you and for the work of God. And of course I thought, and I thought pretty, pretty strong, and I said to myself, well, I'm 76 years old. I would like to have health in this 76th year. Health, health. Well, I want to tell you that this year has been my worst health in my entire life. And during one of my most sickest time, and I can't thank my daughter and my son-in-law and my wife enough and the team and all who visited and prayed and helped me and all of you who prayed for me, I can't thank you enough for the way you've prayed for me. I would have never never made it without you but uh, whenever we think about how God has blessed us and how we have uh, sometimes ignored it and went on with our life I was very low I was lower than a snake's belly if you know what that is that's pretty low but I was low and the Lord seemed to come to me during that time and say, uh, I haven't forgotten you. I'm still here. And I said, yes, Lord. And then I began to think. At the beginning of this year, I had an opportunity to pick one word that I could pick that would bring glory 
to God and to the church. And I picked health. That was my opportunity to pick to glorify the Lord with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. That should have been my word, to glorify God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me, unto you. So I thought with that, you know, I uh, did not take the Lord out of my heart. I didn't take him out of my life. But I took the thought of good health at 76 years old. I took that thought and put it up there with the Lord. Instead of saying, you are number one, Lord. And I am going to worship you and worship you alone. And you will take care of me, whatever it is. He's, if he doesn't do it, the doctors can't do it anyway. But I just want to give God the praise that he showed me that when I was really flat on my back, that you don't need to seek health, you need to seek the Lord, and the Lord will give you the health you need. So I felt guilty about how I had treated my Lord. I've been a minister for 53 years, and I stumbled and fell right in the last years of my life when I had a chance to glorify him in a greater way. And I said, please, Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me. I have gotten sidetracked. I've been thinking about my flesh. I've been thinking about myself instead of thinking about you. And I have felt the, the hand of the Lord on me uh, in a greater way since then. I apologize to the staff. I apologize to the Lord. I apologize to my wife. I repented to the Lord in all of those things. And I want to tell you, that's the only way to have victory and to have freedom in the Lord is to repent when we have failed Him in that opportunity. I've still tried to serve Him. And I'm going to keep on serving him, but I'm going to make sure he is first. If my wife will come, we will uh, sing a song that has been suggested for us tonight. It's good to see all of you here tonight. I have some friends here, Toby and Tony, right over here on my right. All of you are my friends, but I hope you would meet Toby and Tony. Toby was a, a small young man when... I was his father's worship leader in High Point, North Carolina. And he told me the other day, when he was about five or six, that I bought him his first purple and white basketball <laughs> for Christmas. And so that made me feel so good that I did something good for you at a young age. And by the way, he's had quite a career in, in basketball. So I'm glad I started that for you. Let me put on my glasses.
You know, I'm thankful that God decided to leave them here, you know. Um, but if he hadn't, you know, they'd be singing in heaven, right? <laughs> and mom would be playing the keyboard and it would sustain just fine in heaven, mom, don't worry. <laughs> Without a pedal. <laughs> we know because of the life that they've chosen to live. Because they know that it's, they truly know that apart from him, they'd be nothing. On their honey, they did a revival. I mean, can we just take a second? <laughs> They're just not normal, okay? <laughs> and I'm just really thankful to share life and ministry and this stage with you guys tonight. And I'm going to share this little story, but you know, I promise you that in kingdom work and God work, you're going to come up against obstacles that don't make sense. And that are going to be really hard and it's going to be really dark and you're going to wonder, where are you, God? But he's going to show up and he's going to give you what you need and he's going to give you the steps to take out of the darkness. Not immediately always. Sometimes it's a season. But he will be there and he will give you what you need. There was a moment during our COVID journey. I say it's ours because all four of us had it. We're sharing everything in life right now. And um, mom was in the hospital and dad spiked a fever. And up until this point, he had just had barely, you know, barely a fever here and there. He had other symptoms, but he spiked a fever. And with his heart conditions and everything, fevers are much more complicated. And um, he cannot have a fever after a certain degree without being taken to the hospital. And it was moving that direction. But you see, I had watched my mom over the last year and a half, two years or so, really the last, you know, so many months, because we live in the same home, um, what she did when he spiked a fever from his AFib episodes, which he gets fevers when that happens. And I watched what she did, and she would administer a fever reducer, and then take his temperature about 45 minutes later, and if it hasn't helped, give him another and do certain cold compresses. And I watched her do this because again, if his fever gets at a certain point, which isn't very high, um, he has to be taken to the ER. And as we all know, that's the last place you wanna be right now. And so this night, particular mom's in the hospital and we're all just praying for her to just breathe. And dad spikes a fever and I did what I saw her do. And the second time, I went back to check his temperature after the administering the second fever reducer. And I walked into his bedroom, and he's trying to sleep. Um, he had taken a shirt off, and I said, I've never been more happy to see my dad's bare chest in my entire life. Because I knew his fever had broken, and he was hot. And I turned around, and I ran to my husband, and I jumped. I said, his fever is gone. But listen to me. We have a king of kings and a lord of lords that when we step into the darkness, he says, remember what I did? Remember what I said? Remember how I handled that? Follow me. Follow me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's the kingdom life we get to be a part of. Don't ever think that being a branch isn't enough for you. It's everything for all of us. It's a pleasure to be a branch of the one true vine. It's Jesus that leads me to righteousness. It's the blood of Jesus that gives me power. It's the life of Christ that directs my steps. 
It's the death of Christ that set me free. It's the resurrection of Christ that overcomes death. It's the ascension of Christ that reminds me it doesn't end here. And it is the fact that he's coming back to take me home that gives me a reason to live. Hallelujah, church. It's in Christ alone that our hope is found. Amen? Amen. Well, as we stand and praise him,